0: It's Steve Roman, author of The Saga of Pandora's Wayback, and you'll continue listening to Sci Fi Saturday Night or you'll make me very angry. Sci
1: Fi Saturday Night. We
0: will begin a in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war.
1: It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message bring your all people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It is talkcast 141. We've done 140 of these puppies. You
2: said that last week.
1: (laughs) I know. It's kind of scary. (laughs) I should stop counting them. I should like make up numbers now, I think. Uh, Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 451 Jalapeno Bean Dip Pavilion, I am the Dome. Joining the talkcast tonight are our usual suspects from the Revere Time Vortex, violent soundboard vixen, Kriana.
2: I like cats little bow ties and a basket
1: (laughs) from the stacks of her personal silence zone in the dank dungeon reading room it's evil evil zombrarian
3: i've got nothing this week i really do i have nothing (laughs) oh i thought
2: you were doing your like silence thing again
3: no i just i was trying to come up with something witty and there's just nothing in the witty well
4: the Witty Well. Don't go there. <laughs> okay. For God's sake, do not go there. Wow. On an unrelated topic, creanna likes <laughs> cats.
2: <laughs> I do like cats.
4: From the four color vault of comics Dude, so in Manchester, New Hampshire. Dude, I promised
5: myself I wouldn't cry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. From the four color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, flesh eating penciler Illustrator X. Dearly beloved.
4: We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life.
1: <laughs> and his lovely ingenue. She's here. And somebody's staring at her. And we will not mention his name. It's the dead redhead.
5: We also have a peanut gallery. Hey, peanut gallery.
1: Hello, peanut gallery. Nice is and is the, the peanut gallery
2: around. in the Ustream chat room?
1: So, yes, like,
2: they are. Uh-huh. any
1: questions, any questions, and the Ustream chat room. So, Ustreamers... Join in, play along, and uh, you could you could play along.
2: <laughs> or at least type along.
1: Or Depend. at least type along. Our guest you, you can tonight. poke
2: Illustrator X and that would be funny.
1: Yes. Tell us when you'd like us to hit Illustrator X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our game tonight. What comment can Illustrator X make that will go, hit him? All right. And
2: how many people respond and actually do it?
1: <laughs> Inquiring minds
4: they... want to know. It's like, just, how many t- just, licks does it take Zombrarian? to get to the center of just
5: a Tootsie Pop? Just a dead robot. redhead. Zomborian.
4: Post that last, uh that last cartoon, please. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: I Our know what to... I'm
1: talking about. From the documentary Cosplayer Nation, soon to be released. It's Uke Lee and Josh Adams, gentlemen. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having us
1: on. Thank you very much. We've been hearing about this, oh gosh, for about two years now. Bukia and I have been talking about this at various cons. We bump into each other. It's uh, a, a very interesting documentary that's coming together. We'll be talking about it in the second portion of the show. But for now, it's news time. And this week, in this week's news, we've got weekly news of the week this week. Uh, <laughs> from the Department of Redundancy Department here in Alhambra, California. Do we really need another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles documentary? Has there ever been one, actually? No. But do we need one? Um,
3: Obviously.
1: Well, obviously somebody thinks we need one.
3: Well, since we've had Kevin on the show, we can confirm that he is possibly one of the most interesting people we've ever interviewed. So I feel like a documentary would be really, really worthwhile. I don't see why this is a bad idea.
1: No, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And, and actually, you know, the, considering the the popularity that Eastman has shown at the various cons that he's been at uh, th- throughout the past year, I mean, uh, the lines at Boston were outrageous to get to see him.
5: So, I, at least shown true. by one con. And oh. X and I were actually present when we were getting a tour of Tundra Studios once and saw a young girl break down and cry when she saw the wall of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle oh, yeah. paraphernalia. Very <laughs> emotional. Very emotional.
1: <laughs> she hey, did. You, you haven't did. really been there until Donatello's done it for you, so come on.
4: Well, along those Ew. lines, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do remember uh, Kevin telling me once, oh, he no. says, you know, you know, everybody gets fan mail, but there are some ladies out there that send us pornographic stories on a regular basis about oh, the turtles. God. Turtle slash? Are you serious?
2: Oh, wait, yeah. has anyone who writes this, like, ever actually, like, looked into turtle genitalia? Actually, they probably have.
4: All I know is That's that. Even I
2: even know about that... That's even That's... more disturbing. That's even more disturbing.
4: don't want to you know. know. That sim- seems to have gone away and then right around like a year or two after that, the Twilight Zone books start coming out. You draw your own conclusions. The
5: Twilight Zone? Do you mean the Twilight books? I
4: and just want to cast it into another dimension. A dimension
5: not only of <laughs> sight sound,
4: but of
1: sparkly vampires. Thank you X- so much.
5: X was too busy on uh, 4th of July watching that ever-present marathon and that's, oh. I think, mine Well, it was
4: awesome,
1: you know. You have that's the spark- one of the best marathons movie. that, uh, that sci-fi ever does i it's, mean because it's it's really good original cuts of the original twilight zone series they're all in black and white and some of the finest actors and some of the finest writers did some of their finest work on that show but i want to no in smell vision it. it should be in smell of vision because it wouldn't stink like a lot of the other stuff <laughs> <laughs> i'm
2: don't sorry don't hurt mosquito. Now oh, we're yeah. gonna get
4: all the emails from the Outer Limits fans. Thanks a lot, know. <laughs> hey, could have been. Everybody so- drink. <laughs> here, here.
2: What about Night Gallery?
4: What about uh, Night Gallery? Was that Knight an Gallery?
2: actual show. I thought that was a made-up thing on, like, The Simpsons. Oh, no, that's real. No, that was
4: real. It was. That was. That was uh, Rod Serling in color, but everything else eh. was not
5: the same. It was supposed it was to be kind of more a, horror, and it, so some of it was good, and some of it—it it was Steven Spielberg's first job. Yes, it was doing one of the shorts.
4: Yeah, directing Tom Bosley—what a challenge!
5: <laughs> you know, it's
1: difficult to direct pop from Happy Days. Give me a break, <laughs> guys! A, the guy's a bastard on the set. That's what I've heard.
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, no, I'm I mean, too you
2: young can... to actually get this reference. Is that true, That's... or is Dome being yeah, sarcastic? Oh, it's,
5: mm-hmm. it's true.
1: It's true. Night Gallery was the redheaded stepchild of the Twilight Zone, and you know, a if, it, I they, mean, they, if they you, actually did Lovecraft
4: adaptations, and it wasn't. Big.
5: John Astin would show up here and there. He yeah.
4: would, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the guy who also did the Thirty, the Naked Gun series. That's how he actually, uh, he was a major actor, and he his, Nielsen, yeah, Wesley Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen,
5: yes,
1: yeah.
0: He, he usually played like
5: a bad guy.
0: Yeah, Lars
1: yeah. Nielsen was a straight actor for a number of years before he turned to comedy. Yeah, uh,
0: he—if I remember—if I remember correctly, he played the Phantom in the Night Gallery short. He may but, have. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That's possible.
1: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a link in uh, to the uh, Turtle Power documentary, so y'all can take a look at it and.
2: Uh, April O'Neill is my home girl.
1: Yeah, I know she. <laughs> that's she, that's she I, I remember that from when you were uh,
2: I loved up her at the mall. She's like the only redheaded role model
5: on TV at the time.
4: At the time, yeah.
5: At was. the time. Yeah. Now yeah. all
4: I can think of is she April and Neil slash fish, fiction. Oh, good lord, don't go.
5: Yeah,
2: no, no, no! One of the one of our chat room peanut galleries asked, "Was she was she hot?" And yes, she was hot. Be- and she hot. had a pixie cut, so she was vaguely lesbianic.
5: <laughs>
3: <Awesome>.
2: <laughs> she
3: awesome. drove a van of course she was doesn't like... get better
1: than that
2: she drove a van
1: <laughs> She's, well she did actually it
2: was a newsman and she had a gun and she,
0: was a, and she was a reporter in the cartoon series back in the mid 80's that's right
2: what were, so, you, what were you talking about that's what I was talking about so Detroit
1: yeah. is not only the home of Robocop Oh boy! But it's also the home of what may be the first zombie theme park.
4: Wait a minute! Where's that Segway sound we need? There's no
2: Segway sound to properly convey my sentiments about that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Plop>.
4: <laughs> I, I well, do I have yeah, a very I, good womp wha- wha- The whole thing okay. with Detroit, I think, it's an interesting idea. It's that they're like, look, there's a good chunk of this. The city of Detroit is vacant. Why not just take these, these shell buildings that have been empty for years and turn it into a
1: zombie theme park?
5: Seems legit.
1: Are they actually thinking about it? How ridiculous is that? I
5: well, if they can get some more of these people who have been taking that whatever drug it is they're on,
1: and oh, then if, yeah, if, the if it does stops.
5: well,
4: they can they can get like a merger with the RoboCop franchise. There and we go. RoboCop can <laughs> take out the zombies in Old Detroit.
5: Yeah, yeah RoboDats are pay zombies. It's go. a new thing. I'd pay for that.
1: I would pay for that. I would, I would watch you pay for that. 50 miles of that, but that's a whole other story.
4: <laughs> and then, can you just imagine the board meetings in Detroit? Well, are they going to be fast zombies or slow zombies?
2: <laughs> I think we should have a mix of both fast and slow. And I yes. think they should vomit blood. <laughs> I
4: I want a naked girl from the zombie movies based on that video game with the residents. (laughs) You mean Resident Evil? That's what I said.
1: It's the the place that makes the umbrellas. I remember that place. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And for those of you into esoterica, you got that joke. Thank you very much. Drive safely. Be sure to tip your waiters. I'm here. All Fucking weird. There,
2: there are no waiters, unless Illustrator yeah. X is waiting on the Peanut Gallery, which, no
0: which thing. could possibly be. I better yet try the human veal. I hear it's quite tasty. Oh, good
1: Lord. <laughs> the what? Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is, is there
1: any segue out of this one?
5: Okay. Well,
4: in a more positive storyline.
5: Okay, go, go have there.
4: One? I'm looking uh, at him. The Course of the Force. There's a there's going to be a charity run going from Santa Monica down to San Diego this uh Saturday. So, My favorite. The, so you, Yeah, but it's a geek themed uh, Olympic run. They're gonna be carrying a lightsaber as opposed to an Olympic torch. I'm pretty sure we <laughs> can't getting... say
2: Olympic on the show.
3: Yeah, you better watch it. The the Olympics will come after you. Just For like the U.S.
5: and the It's okay, going to be that like that. Okay, that thing that happens every four years that people spend lots of money on. Yeah, how's that? It, <laughs> it's Politics. Many yeah. times happens at a different place every four years. That's right. Sometimes in the winter, Sometimes. Sometimes in,
1: in the summer, <laughs> and sometimes on the streets of San Francisco. Oh wait, that's the X Games. Sorry. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I guess Drew Carey's involved with this, and they're getting people to dress up like Boba Fett and Ewoks. So if you like I'm are in Santa sure we can't Monica, can't say that either.
2: We're going to get to like by so many this... people. What? I'm just saying, George Lucas is kind of a sticklet. I'm just joking. can't <laughs> <laughs> we can't, we can't say Olympic thing. and we can't say Boba Fett or Ewok.
3: Yeah, I know. It's like let's choose the people who are easiest okay. to get. You and know, then combine by, them. And combine well,
4: that goes them. back to the Tolkien estate. You know, excuse me, my no, phone is a circular metal fan thing. You, okay. you, know,
2: you know, all droid phones have a license to buy Lucas on them? Yes. Actually, As if Lucas the owns the droid.
1: Which is kind of ridiculous, but what <laughs> the hell. Um, an inter- interesting sidelight to all of this Lucasism Um if a picture's worth a thousand words, and it's certainly been proven that it is, somebody has gone to the trouble to recreate famous photographs with Star Wars action figures, which is possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh wow. no. Wow. Oh, all I can think of is the Abe Zapruder film.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: How about oh, you're, the Abbey road you're cover?
0: Sick ex. Back you're sick.
4: and to the left.
0: Back.
1: <laughs> Under the left.
0: Yeah. Didn't they do that on Robot Chicken or Family Guy? The Saputa film.
1: Yeah, they've done Probably it a both. hundred different times. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that may be the funniest thing Jome's ever seen, but the funniest thing that I've ever seen Go for it, slash That's cutest up, sure. thing Go well, ahead. The funniest slash cutest thing is this Tumblr. It's called Nerd Babies
2: oh it's pretty and cute
3: it's no seriously if you're ha- if you're having a bad day it's right up there with cat videos for things <laughs> that will fix your bad day in seconds babies dressed as Doctor Who and their TARDIS is or their TARDIS their strollers are decorated as a TARDIS oh,
4: okay.
3: there's a baby weeping angel on there <laughs> oh
4: okay now There's
3: tons of baby Avengers and a baby Spider-Man meeting. um, What's his name? Who's going to be the new Spider-Man in the Unnecessary Reboot?
4: (laughs) All I can see, all I can see is this guy talking to his friend and the kids in the little TARDIS stroller. And he's like, don't tell the wife. I've replaced him 11 times.
1: (laughs) Nice. Oh, that's bad, man.
0: You don't
1: get hit for that one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so uh, the new Spider-Man movie, which is kind of uh, going through the roof already, mm-hmm. they are oh. now—they na- just announced it's now a trilogy.
0: Oh, you God. gotta be kidding me!
1: So they're going to actually make three more to replace the first three. So- which we have a grand total of six films I'm not going to see.
2: There we go. You loved the original Spider-Man one. The very
1: first one. That was it. From that point on, it was you all... You
2: yelled at me for not watching them.
1: The very first one, not the I second. I watched
2: the first one. Yeah. I didn't and, like it particularly.
1: Well, it was, of but neither the, did I
2: like Iron Man.
1: Okay, so you don't really care. We count.
2: did. <laughs> or Iron Man 2.
1: So or if whatever it,
2: if, that other one, Zombarian, what was the other one that we watched right around then? Captain America. Yeah, I hated that movie.
3: But you're in love with oh Thor. Oh my god! Thor was
2: awesome. <laughs> oh my god! Been... Hugo Weaving was the only redeeming factor of Captain America. Oh, and oh, Samuel L. Jackson. No, they did no, a nice job casting there. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> so the question I need to ask is how did Benedict Cumberpatch get to be on The Simpsons?
3: We have to start saying his name correctly at some point. You know that, right?
1: Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, yes. Seriously, it's Benedict Cucumber. No. Anyway.
2: It it really is Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch, guys.
1: No, it's Cumberbatch, actually. No, it's not. Yeah, it is, actually. It's a B, not a P.
2: Shit, I've been reading it wrong this whole time. (laughs) Oh!
1: All right. Well, his that, name that's is an even funnier Holmes, so name
4: so than I, I thought.
3: It's yeah. genetic to get names wrong, I guess. Sherlock
1: Holmes.
2: Who's that guy who who does the voice of Discord on My Little Ponies?
1: What? Um, um, he does? No, not no. that.
3: No. <laughs> John Delancey <laughs> does, does but you can't say <laughs> John Delancey.
1: Well, I can, it's just I have to be reminded. No, but Benedict Cumberbatch got onto the Simpsons because he was taking a meeting in the same building where they were actually shooting, uh doing the voiceovers one afternoon. And he said, uh, I'd really like to be on this show. And they actually just ushered him in and wrote him apart in ten seconds. Well, I it's would. Possibly the coolest way to ever get on the Simpsons. Yeah, I'm and- sure I could
5: do oh, that. Christ, you sound different. Can, can I go off can I go off script for a second? He has has anybody script? seen the ads for the American version of Sherlock? Yeah. I want to hurt somebody. Well, is I mean, a... as long as it's not off script about that
2: French guy. <laughs> <laughs> you what know, the philosopher.
1: philosopher. The French philosopher. Oh, he's oh, not is...
2: French. He's actually uh, Puerto Rican, but <laughs> his name is French. Yes, and,
4: his hair. It's a redeeming quality, to be sure. <laughs>
5: No, 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 no. Has has anybody seen the ad on TV for the new
1: Sherlock? Because it looks horrible.
4: With Lucy Liu as Watson. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. sounds
1: <laughs> good to me. And Sherlock, it's not not the the BBC version, but the one that's actually going to be in in. Uh...
5: That's why I said the American version. Uh,
1: I know. On CBS in the fall. Yeah, it looks horrifying.
2: Exactly. Not the American version, the CBS American version.
1: No, but I mean, there was, Jeez, I
2: Dun think they BBC more specific.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kriana. <laughs> was Dome supposed to know what you
5: were talking about? Geez. <laughs>
1: well, because it was the American version. Mm. Nobody watches American TV anymore, do we?
5: There we go. That's more like Except it. Except for
1: Fringe.
0: Oh God! And warehouse 13. And warehouse
5: 13 is about to be back on. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Yes.
2: Yep. And so is Alphas, and probably Haven. Somehow.
3: I will stand behind Alphas as one of the best shows to grace television in a while.
5: Really? I thought you guys didn't like it after the third episode. No, that I love it. Okay. We didn't. We didn't like Alcatraz. Maybe that's what. Nobody think. liked yeah. that. No, Alphas. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: No, I love Alphas. I think it's got excellent characterization. I think that the casting is wonderful. And I think that it's really hitting its stride. And I'm excited about it. It actually is better than Heroes. It's much better than Heroes.
1: Oh, good lord, yes.
2: Well, I mean, that's not hard.
1: No, Heroes had one good season, one and a half good seasons.
3: That's right. Heroes had a couple good episodes and started to go downhill.
1: No, Six I, seasons of movie, season. baby. No, I, I think the whole first season was actually fairly good. Yeah, I'll uh, that. I really then they lost the everything in season two.
2: Well, right oh. when they had the writer's strike happen, it was done. They should have just canceled it. They should,
1: they should have, yeah, put it yeah, to bed. Given yeah. it up. And Tim Kring just refused to let it go and, and ground it into the ground. It was just we a We just horror.
5: lost characters. Like they disappeared into the netherworld. And... Right, and then
1: they show up like. Fourteen episodes later, for no apparent reason.
5: Yep,
1: it was it was just a bad idea, real, real, real bad idea. Anyhow, let's get to uh, our uh, Facebook poll because it's Facebook poll time. And Dead Redhead, what is the favorite Ray Harryhausen film of our listeners?
5: Well, that indeed was our question, though, was what is your favorite Ray Harryhausen film? Unfortunately, I've heard from a few people they didn't get to vote because Facebook was pulling a Facebook, apparently, again. we uh, only gosh. had... Like, I don't know what it was, but I had three different people tell me. I tried to vote, and it wouldn't take my vote. So I don't well, know what that was. Well, to preserve our go.
2: integrity, though, the results have to stand. Because yes. everyone knows Facebook polls are the end-all and be-all of everyone's opinion, ever.
1: Pretty much.
3: <laughs> well, right. our sample size is just so large with a Facebook poll, Obviously. and then... It has to be it's right. completely, like, you can't influence the results at totally all. It's legit. not like we can vote in the Facebook poll.
5: Not at all, not like the one person we had that voted for every one of the movies. But anyway, um... So, <laughs> number, not
1: number three. saying who that was.
5: Every oh, one I, of I also them is my say, favorite. Actually, actually, X has to say something about one of the the additions
4: okay while i have nothing but the utmost respect for the high intelligence factor of most of our listeners
1: oh good lord here comes here <laughs> come run hey, and Pete he and can... dragon? <laughs>
4: really people pete's dragon you really think is a ray harryhausen film
1: Funny part is, Pete's Dragon got three
4: votes. <laughs>
3: okay, I will say Pete's Dragon is a wonderful film, but it's not a Ray Harryhausen
5: film. At all. Correct? Yeah, I, no. I even looked it up to see ah. if maybe somebody knew some kind of trivia from IMDb that we didn't know about, but oh. he has nothing to do with the movie. Now that we've you gotten know.
2: that cleared up, which was our
5: favorite? Well, number three was Earth versus the Flying Saucers, where Woo! we get to see the Flying Saucer run into the White House. That so that's awesome.
1: cool
2: Haven't seen it.
5: Shot. Sounds cool though. Would probably it was watch. A
1: really cool shot. It's a
5: black and white film, Kriana, so, so That's okay, that like... doesn't bother me. Number two is Clash of the Titans. Yay! Okay, yeah. I've that's seen that. Job. I like it.
3: You've seen the no. remake, Kriana.
5: Oh, I've seen the original. Oh, you
1: have? Oh, yes, she has at Good. numerous many
5: times. Many times. Good for you. And moving show. on. And many and many people have said that they still think the the original is much better than all the CGI crap. And number one is Jason and the Argonauts.
1: Not <laughs> Obviously. my favorite film by... I know, I
5: thought Sinbad would be the up show. there, but it wasn't.
4: No, no, no. Jason and the Argonauts has the skeleton fighting dance scene. That's
5: true.
4: That skeleton scene is just... uh, Now
2: I want to go to a legitimate movie outlet and purchase it to watch it again. (laughs) You should. Yes. At a legitimate movie outlet.
0: Uh, (laughs) I feel... I feel (laughs) old. (laughs)
1: What does BC have that the rest of them don't have? What does
0: what have?
1: One million years BC.
5: Oh, it has Raquel Welch oh, I, can, I was gonna
4: say I was gonna. I can think of two uh, two reasons uh, <laughs> to see that movie. <laughs> you
5: know. That gets you a smack. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Five minutes.
5: Everyone, poke X. <laughs>
2: Seriously, do it. Seriously, do it.
4: And now
0: the poking.
4: X pokes back.
0: Uh, <laughs> thing is, the remakes are, I think they try to remake it and it just sucks. Yeah. The originals are so much better because they took their time and effort. Look at some of the stuff of the, even though I'm going back, Popeye. That was actually the uh, scene where he's running through the, uh, the um, cavern. That was all actually handmade, and all the cells and that sort of stuff. That was a pyramid was step-by-step. That
1: was that was the hallmark of Harryhausen, that that's what he did.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Which brings us to our two guests tonight, Uke Lee and Josh. Ah, damn it. It's covered up. Ah. <laughs> I Adam. told you to do a name check. <laughs> I saw the ah, and I, the,
0: the, I covered up. Josh He's Adamson. one of our
1: presidents, <laughs> former presidents, right?
0: Two presidents.
6: Happy yeah. Independence Day.
0: <laughs> who are off on... my planet?
1: <laughs> We're
0: working on a film
1: called Cosplayer Nation. So, gentlemen, talk to us about the film. What's it about? For those of the those of our listeners who don't know what cosplay is, that's kind of weird. That would never happen. So, what's the film about?
6: Okay. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Uh, we'll, we'll switch off. I'll say one thing, Josh. Uh, sum it up. It's a documentary about people who cosplay, and it's mostly in America. Uh, for those who don't know cosplay, it's a term coined by the Japanese for people who dressed up for their favorite anime series. Um, but it was actually, if I'm not mistaken, inspired by people in America who dressed up as Star Wars or star trek characters so when the japanese saw that i believe it was nineteen eighty four um, they brought it over to their country and they just expanded on it and then all of a sudden you've got this explosion of people dressing up as anime characters and now here we are in two thousand twelve and you see like not just anime but everywhere other series and uh, pop culture and people dressing up from like things from johnny depp movies to i don't know the Planet of the Apes and a whole bunch of other things. And we're just filming why people do it all across America, uh, from Boston to Tulsa to San Diego to Hawaii. Um, and uh, Josh,
1: anything Josh, you'd like to add? Yeah, well, what is yeah. it about this project?
0: Well, how, this did you... how, how did this project started? Well, yeah. um, I saw one of Ook's um, independent films, a short film that he did. Uh, what the, what was the movie called again?
6: Luke? Oh yeah, the Transcended Four. Um, yeah, Transcended. It was to give a brief synopsis. It was a mockumentary about people in cosplay, but um, they thought it was real life. So it was like, oh, what if we did something like Reno 911 but in cosplay? And it was actually shot in real life around Boston. And uh, you know, you get a lot of weird stares from it. But it was a mockumentary style type of movie. So yeah. we had a lot of fun. But Josh saw it and he he liked what what. Had been done on it, and then uh, I guess that's how we came about with the documentary. That's,
0: yeah, that's how we came about. Is um, he did I did an interview with him on a show that I do over the over Cyber Station, and um, over a bowl of clam charter I pitched to him. I said, "Why don't we do a documentary?" We're at Legal Seafoods. He goes, "Yeah, sure," and I said. Um, <clears throat> Well, uh, we started in December of 2010 at the Cosplay Ice cream event, and um, we talked to, remember, Ook, we talked to Professor Susan Napier, and mm-hmm. um, she explained that it goes far, as far back as the Renaissance. Uh, people during the Renaissance era used to dress up as, in costumes. That's right. And um, during Italy and that sort of stuff, and they dressed up in costumes. And it didn't really take shape until I found some information and I showed it to Ook and I explained to uh, Professor Susan Napier that it didn't take hold in the United States until 1929, the first sci-fi convention held in the United States, in New York. And um, like Ook said, we went, um, it was... It's flourished and uh, Star Wars happened and that sort of stuff. But people, and then a writer for, a sci-fi writer from Japan saw what we were doing and he couldn't write costume play, so he shortened it to cosplay. And it took hold in Japan, like you said, it flourished. But a lot of people also don't know that um, cosplaying is, is also Halloween. You dress up, you dress up in character from different from sci-fi to books to anime to comic books and people just sometimes think oh that's just the one thing no a lot of people do it and uh, they enjoy it and um, when I went to my first anime convention back in 2005 I saw people running around and having fun and and I just thought it was a very interesting culture that was flourishing and um, it's becoming like I said people think of it as a subculture but it's actually becoming into itself its own culture
6: one thing that okay. surprises me is that um, there used to be like a lot of adults that did it and now it's like a lot of the younger folks that are doing it yep. like people who are like maybe ten years old or eleven years old and they're very talented and it's like wow you did all this and um, I've talked to some of them and it's just uh, that that's just one thing I've noticed
1: the the interesting thing that I've noticed o- over the years that uh, I've been doing conventions and going to conventions uh both as a participant and uh, as a as a paying customer is that over the years they've changed a lot uh maybe 10 15 years ago the costumes seemed to be very strictly uh representational you know they had to get the costume as correct as possible and uh I mean, I, I can't tell you how many different Dr. Whos I saw at the last Boston Convention. And some of them were just so wildly improvised. But, but still Dr. Who, clearly
0: Dr. Who, and clearly really cool. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I always sometimes think of Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. And if anybody knows what that's from, that's, <laughs> then you'd understand that joke. Don't forget um, Dr.
6: Mrs. the Monarch.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Our
6: most favorite. I've seen some pretty nice-looking Dr. Mrs. the Monarchs out there. There's, there's one at... I'll, I'll give a shout. There's one called The Riddle, or I think Riddle, Riddle's Messy's Wardrobe. Hope you're listening. Um, she's from Atlanta, and uh, we fought, first saw her at Katsukon. That's how I first saw her there. And um, if, if you haven't, just, like, look her up. Just Google it or Android it, whatever, and you'll you'll see instantly, but... Just amazingly done and uh, um, <laughs> she had some interesting things to say about the because it's a very revealing outfit and she was actually talking about um, how if I'm dressed like this, that doesn't mean I want you to you know, touch me there, but it's just the way that I'm being represented just like just like what we were talking about earlier. like you know you want to represent the costume as, as close as possible. so, yeah. so she did it and, um, which involved a very revealing outfit.
5: Okay, gentlemen, I I have to go there. Um, Did you talk to anybody who was part of the fuzzy uh, subculture? I think you mean furries. Uh, furries? I mean the furries. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, We haven't Uh, talked to somebody yet from the furries, but we try to get into their own convention. They do have a furry con. And it says, we are not... um, What was it? What was their motto? Well, we had to go
6: through a lot of hoops because... Yeah, one, it's, I believe it was 18 plus, and I know there was an age limit, so it wasn't like anybody could just go in, and um, uh, the other thing too, they wanted to make sure that whoever was filming there represented them in the you know, best light possible, and I think it's because of, I don't know how many of you know about the CSI episode that yeah. was released, uh, and ever since then, that said, oh, furries do all these types of weird things with other people at a convention, and you know, people had that stigma about it, so I think Anthrocon and furries everywhere.
0: Well, if you remember, there was also that episode of Aquitaine Hunger Force.
2: <laughs> well, well, like, it's probably kind of true. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> like, seriously.
0: What? Uh, it's true that they genetically altered a flute that would make Carl <laughs> dance around like a... No, but, but, you know, I,
2: I mean, I'm sure that some weird things went on <laughs> at Nauticon.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm not Josh. saying they're
2: alone and having weird things go on, but I'm just well, saying always... you dress up in a furry outfit and you're wondering it why people not... think you're weird. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm most... it's bad. I'm not making a value judgment, but, you know. Sure.
0: Well, true. But, most, but mostly with a lot of people were playing their N64s. And there were some parts where you walked around the hallways and you did smell some
6: you
0: talking about uh, fun yeah and you did smell uh, you wanted to eat something after you uh smell after Got you it. smoke Got <laughs> it.
1: But, but i mean the reality is is that this is a certain little it it, it actually is a subculture mm-hmm. and there's a very codified set of rules that uh, they work under when they're doing when they they're putting these costumes together and when they're working together because they do work in groups, too, don't they?
0: Well, actually, we found out that they do work in groups, but as well as they get, their, they get help by their parents if they need help. And um, we found out that it's, like you said, but it's becoming more of a culture into its own self. It's flourishing nonetheless. But we also found a great divide, right, Duke? About between yes. people who buy costumes versus people who make costumes.
6: Right, there's, there's uh, some of those, yeah, people who buy and people who don't buy. Then the furries, you know, some of them like, oh, I'm not a cosplayer, or, you know, they... And then you got people who dress up as comic book characters, and you say, oh, are you cosplaying? Like, oh, no, I'm not, you know, dressing up as an anime character. They immediately think, like, cosplay is associated to anime, um, even though that, that term is largely... You know, evolved over time, and uh, yeah, um, but yeah, th- there are some of these divides here and there, and we're just kind of you know documenting what what people say about it. I mean, I'll ask some of the questions I ask is, you know, what do you think? Are if you see somebody cosplaying as a comic book character, or vice versa, if you're anime and you're you know see somebody cosplaying as a comic book character, what do you think about that? And we've gotten some people who said that, oh well, I don't think that it belongs in this convention. Like for example, somebody at. Um, I think in South Dakota said, oh, well, if I saw somebody cosplaying as a comic book character here at an anime convention, I don't think that belongs here. They should just do that at a comic convention. And there's, you know, some people who think like that, but probably because there's, there's still that, that connotation, that strong connotation that anime equals, or excuse me, cosplay equals anime characters. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we're, we're just trying to see where else that division goes and um, kind of leading up to something a bit more interesting. So next week we'll be at San Diego Comic-Con, which is, you know, one of the biggest conventions in all of America, and one would think you would see tons and tons of cosplay there. Um, and there are, like, you know, great cosplays. There's, like, people in giant robots. You've got people dressed up as, like, the Avatar makeup and the mm-hmm. alien bodysuits. But some of the people we've talked to there had said that because... San Diego Comic Con is getting so industrialized. You get more of the people who are there to see celebrities. So that means more of the non-cosplayer folks, more of like, you know, people who probably could afford to go to cons as opposed to the average.
1: And the reality is, San Diego has become a really expensive event.
0: Oh yes, yes. Um, we had. I have my press badge, but Luke had to buy professional badges. And they were, what, a apiece.
6: Yeah, right. They are. Wow. They, they charge yeah. you for that, which I did not know. Um, but at least I'm glad that we got them. But, yeah. yeah it's, uh, they don't waste around.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We're also interviewing Ashley Eckerstein. She plays the Padawan for Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the CGI television show. And she'll be in cosplay as her uh, character from that Soka,
4: I think it is. Really?
0: Yes. Is uh, she in
4: high resolution
0: or? <laughs> Scarily enough, she'll
1: actually be live or on Memorex. We're not sure which.
0: <laughs> yes. uh, but, um. Her uh, hologram. Yes.
1: Uh, well, that would be incredible. Cool. Seriously. <laughs> yes, I could well, imagine
0: her A droid comes walking by and there's a CGI, there's a holographic projection of her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we'll be in San Diego. But you interviewed somebody I could not believe she's <laughs> actually a cosplayer. And, um,
6: Talking about Tanya Tate?
0: Yeah, Tanya Tate. Uh, I mean, I was watching, he goes, Hey, Josh, check this uh, interview I did out last year. And I'm going, Ton? Now, I didn't know. I'm like, Who the heck is that? Whoa, that's a pretty interesting costume. And you find out that actually some adult film stars are actually becoming cosplayers, costume <laughs> players themselves. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that totally
1: does. So where are you at with the film right now?
0: Um, we're almost done. Um, <clears throat> we're getting the small bits and pieces finished up. We're getting the soundtrack finished up. Uh, we're going to be talking to a guy <clears throat> who was a DJ... He's going to be uh, working with us to get the soundtrack. We don't know. We're going to get somebody as a narrator. Um, we're trying to really do the um, premiere on October 31st in Boston because we've, I feel that actually that would open some people's eyes going, oh, my God, there's people actually that dress up outside of October 31st? Wow. Uh, we'll be in Tulsa after san diego if i remember correctly right
6: yes as special guests and um we are also going to be at otakon in baltimore maryland which is one of the largest conventions on the east coast for anime um i believe we're like halfway done with the documentary right josh like 50 minutes well we're 50 or something like that
0: You said we're, I I haven't taken a look, but we're about 50 minutes done, you said, because uh, you said the 26th first part and then you added. Oh yeah,
6: (laughs) I told you that, right. So
0: we're up to 50 minutes, but. um,
6: Yeah, my brain was kind of loose because I was doing this for Anime Expo last weekend and I told this exact same thing to Josh. So it's ironic that I've forgotten the thing I told you last week, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, what happens? Yeah, we're yeah. doing an hours worth of documentaries, and believe me, if it wasn't for cosplayers like Ook or um, or his help, this documentary would have never gotten done. Um, we found out that we were th- when we first started out. There were three documentaries that we only knew about. Doing the same thing, doing what we were doing, and we were the last one to survive. It's kind of like the odd man out.
1: Well, yeah. listen, uh, I want you to, I want you guys to keep us informed as to uh, how things go at San Diego and how things go uh, along the way, and uh, when it's time for the premiere, please let us know so that we can uh, help publicize it for you. We will. So-
6: Certainly, we will do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Illustrator X, talk to me, my friend.
4: All right. Next week we have the return of actor Doug Jones.
1: He said it right. Oh, sorry.
2: I've kind of forgotten what the right way is at this
1: point. That was the right way. I need my own
4: podcast.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Doug Jones
4: returns to tell us why we should watch his new film, The Watch. Then on July 21st, it's anime, producer, director, designer, and industry legend Jan Scott Frazier. On July 28th, artist Rhiannon McCullough talks to us about zombie musicals and the McCullough effect. And on August 4th, we go ape over Banana Tales creator Mark McKenna. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold the Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome.
1: I want to thank our guests tonight, Luke Lee and Josh Adams, and their upcoming documentary, Cosplayer Nation. Good luck, Godspeed, gentlemen, and I uh, can't wait to see what it actually looks like. From, from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and Grammar Girl's Zombarian, Ladies, thank you. All.
2: I just want to hug every cat. <laughs> or
3: sing
2: it <clears throat> from a
4: rose. To uh-huh. which I say, meow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hit him!
2: Yeah, poke the pokening
1: <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. From the shores of Lake Minnetonka,
4: Apollonia,
5: and a special another shout out to our Peanut Gallery.
1: Peanut. Thank you guys. It's a pleasure, and uh, we'll be seeing some of you. At the We Beat the Brits conference this weekend, I want to... This is Domestain Genie. Shared pain is lessened. Shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
4: Good?